Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You can follow me at Mike Dugar. That is M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Christopher Kidd. You can follow me on Twitter at C-K-I-D-D-206, and that's C-Kidd-206. And as you guys know, the Seahawks have their preseason finale coming up against the Oakland Raiders on Thursday night. Because Chris and I only follow the Raiders via hard knocks like the rest of the world, uh, we brought in a special guest for the week, uh, the homie at The Athletic who covers the Oakland Raiders, Vic Tafer. Vic, what up, man? How much, man? How you guys doing? We are good and good. Excited to, to have you on. It gives us an excuse to talk about my favorite uh, offseason story of 2019. Antonio Brown, also known as AB, also known as Mr. Big Chest. Uh, am, I, am I missing any nicknames there, Vic? Nah, you got them all. I think that's it. Uh, man, we've been watching from, from afar just how crazy this is from the frostbite with the feet to the hot air balloon to you know that the the helmet saga that's kind of still ongoing man just how crazy has it been to follow all that and and cover all that for the past like three or four weeks i'm not gonna lie to you man it's been kind of pain <laughs> a little bit of pain but uh i get it he's the most you know most popular guys in the league definitely is uh looking at promoting himself as a social media account so he's uh, constantly in the public eye and a lot going on. You mentioned the frostback, you know, the, the, the parish, the hot air balloon coming in. I thought it was funny he came in on a hot air balloon and then didn't practice. Who shows up on a hot air balloon and then disappears for a while? I thought that was kind of a very telling couple of days right there. But I think the good news now is that his feet seem to be fine. He's definitely uh, had them all touched up. I think the, uh, you know, everyone saw the photos. They are pretty nasty, but I think they're, uh, they're past it now. He's, he's running pretty well. I think the helmet thing will take care of itself at this point. So, Ideally, uh, for the Raiders, it's concerned they're in the clear, and they get you know a top, a top three receiver in the NFL. Yeah, that, that's my question with all this. I mean, as funny as it is, and as much of a, a distraction it seems, you know, is he really a distraction, or or does no one really care because you know he's the best player on the team? I mean, his teammates don't care. His teammates, I think, at this point, are convinced he'll be ready to go. You know, um, week one, and he'll be a, a dominant factor. But yeah, it's still, definitely, I think you get tired of. Of hearing it and watching it, I'm sure his teammates still really enjoy constantly hearing about Antonio Brown's helmet and feet and all that stuff. But again, if he plays well, which I think he will, then it won't be a big deal. Last thing on 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 AB, you know, like I said, he he's best player on the team for for my money, one of the best receivers in the league. You know, if he thinks he is the best, I wouldn't wouldn't argue with him there. You know, and with Derek Carr, you know, this is the first time that I think Antonio Brown's not been on a good team i think in his career you know what are some expectations for him with the raiders this year well i should be good offensively i'm not sure the defense is really good but the offense i think if you look at they brought in trent brown's probably the best tackle in the league they got uh, tyrell williams number two receiver so they got a running back and josh jacobs no line is pretty good so i think the offense should be fine i think that's something Brown should be able to get his targets and get his numbers like he always does. I think Gruden will make it a point to get him the ball. I think Gruden definitely has a lot invested in Antonio Brown. He had his back throughout this whole thing and he's talking about how, you know, much he wants to draw plays for him. So I think you're going to see him get a lot of balls because this is what Gruden wants to do. So I think um, I keep telling friends who are in fantasy leagues like, I don't know why he wouldn't take Antonio Brown early. I mean, he, I know he's flipping all his boards and people are worried about this and that, but. I, I would think he'd still be, you know, a top 15 pick in, in most fantasy leagues. 
All right, you hear that? You hear that, listeners? If you're if you're still haven't done your draft yet, like I haven't, you know, grab grab AB, especially if you're in a if you're in a PPR. Make sure you, you do that. Uh, you met you mentioned John Gruden, man. We love on this show. We love talking about John Gruden just because he's so fun. He's such such a character in his own right. But you know, he's he's brought he's brought to Oakland not to be a character necessarily, but to win games, you know, and change things, change the culture there, bring some winning. Has he changed the, the, the culture there? And, you know, what are, what are some fair expectations uh, for Gruden in year two? They changed the roster so much in two years. Last year, they had like 42 new players in camp. This year, I think it was 45. So we'll see if the culture is Is I, I want to ask this, just in, in your opinion, is, is Gruden going to be a good coach in Oakland? I mean, I'm, I'm skeptical. Uh, but uh, you you obviously around him much more than anyone else. You know, is he is he gonna work out? Is he gonna change and turn around the Raiders? I think so. I think I'm not sure when it will happen. It's got some time. You know, the ten year deal. But I think he still has the offensive wherewithal. Definitely has you know, what it takes to call plays and make a difference on the offensive side of the ball. I think um, he brought all these guys in this year to kind of. Uh, Kind of give Derek Carr this. This is, kind of, this is Derek's year. If Derek can't you know, have a big year with the guys around him on this team now, then he's probably not the guy long term. So that'll be important for for John to find out. So I think I think he'll be. I think at some point they'll win. I'm not sure if it'll be this year. I think they're on a very tough schedule. They have like five uh, weeks in a row they're on the road, which is ridiculous. But uh, so it could be tough this year. But after last year, any improvement will be uh, welcome for for Raider fans. You mentioned Derek Carr and. I just got to know, where do you rank him amongst the QBs in the National Football League? Is he a Tier 2, Tier 3? Where do you think he is right now? How many, how many tiers we got? Five? Mm, five? I'd say five. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll go with okay. five. No, no, I'll put him in Tier 3. I think he's right in the middle. I think uh, my count for him has always been Andy Dalton. And people think that's an insult, but I think Andy Dalton is a, is a solid quarterback. I think he's, you know, he's not been great in playoffs, but I think he's been good otherwise. So I think Derek Carr has the upside. He has the big-time arm. He's a very, very smart guy. I've been watching the film since he was like five years old. So he had the great year in 2016. So it's there for him. I just think he has to get his confidence back. He has to, like, do a little better job in the pocket of recognizing trouble and, and making the right decisions. But I think, uh, ideally, if, if he and Gruden really have clicked this year, then we'll see that improve this year. If not, then he'll be a starter somewhere else. And I, think, I think he's a starter regardless next season. I'm not, not 100% certain he'll be here, but I think it, it probably will be here. I think he should be fine. I think, uh, again, I think there's no reason why he can't be a, a top top 12 quarterback in the NFL. Okay. And how can Antonio Brown help him get to Tier 2 or even Tier 1? Is, there, is that a possibility that Antonio Brown can elevate his game with how he gets open and what he does, what he brings to the Oakland Raiders? No doubt. I think Antonio Brown shows that he gets the ball in close to him who catch it. So I think uh, when he gets open and you watch him before all the foot stuff, especially in the offseason and during the mini camps, he would just torture DBs here. He has a way of getting open. He knows how to – he actually studies – Opposing DB on his own team, like he'll still study, like you know, the third string cornerback, and that is like making a roster. And look at some of that guy and how to beat him. So he definitely takes his job very seriously. He works very hard to be the top, you know, top three receiver in the league. So I just think, um, again, there's no reason why Derek shouldn't have a big year. I think you got him and you got Tyrell Williams, who's also improved a lot this offseason in terms of his right running. So you got two big weapons. Darren Waller will be the big sleeper at tight end, and. I think Josh Jacobs will be a pretty good running back. He catches the ball well and should be fine running the ball. So there's no reason, really, why Derek Carr shouldn't have a big year. Okay, you mentioned Josh Jacobs, one of the rookies that was that you guys that the Raiders drafted. 
Are there any other rookies on your radar? I know Cleveland Farrell, you, I'm sure a lot of people are expecting him to have a big year, especially with, with Clemson. Are there any other rookies on your radar? Well, Jonathan Abrams is going to play a lot. He's your safety. He talks a big game. You know, with, with, with Antonio Brown, and you kind of hinted at this, you know, he's got the nickname, the Mr. Big Chess, you know, he, he's showing up to, to work in a hot air balloon and then not working at all. You know, there's the kind of the perception that he's not fully invested, you know, not really taking things seriously. But, you know, you hear players and, you know, people close to him say that, you know, he's one of the, the hardest workers. Is that is which which way does it lean more? Is it is it that he really is working behind the scenes? And, you know, as other players have noted, that he is probably one of the, the hardest workers in the league. No doubt. Measures his heart rate. He like measures. He counts his steps. He totally wants to do more in practice. So he's on. He has his own team of you know advisors, own kind of advisory board as far as his health goes, like food, workout schedule, and sleep. Everything is down down to the last letter. So I think um, he's definitely part of the team. But he also has his own team. Like he's kind of has his own kind of enterprise. That enterprise kind of merges with the Raiders enterprise, and they kind of work together. So you can't really say he's totally in everybody else. He's always going to be on his own a little bit. But, again, when you're, that, when you're that good, you can make your own rules. And that's what he does. And last year with Marshawn, last year, Marshawn kind of wrote his own ticket and did what he wanted to do, and Gruden was fine with that. And, and Marshawn played pretty well until they got hurt. And this year, that guy is a team and run. Kind of does what he wants, but it won't be a problem if he has big games on Sundays. I mean, we're, we're used to that up here in Seattle. You know, Russell has his own empire. You know, <laughs> it's it's called West to East Empire. You know, he's got his own trainer, his own chef, his own his own everything. His own yoga movement specialist. I didn't even know movement specialists were a thing. So, yeah, I mean, if you're good enough and you're and you're dedicated, then, yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't really matter. Now, keeping that in mind, you know, with me, with me, I guess, and everyone else, too, when Mike Mayock got up there and was like, look, either he's in or he's not. For me, that seemed like he was hot. You know, he was pretty pissed. You know, how did it get to that point where Mayock was like, look, all your reporters get here, listen to me, and hear me good. <laughs> A.B. needs to show up. Like, how did it get to that point? Saturday, we went through the walkthrough. Everyone was saying how much he, like, had to play like down. The, the time he had missed wasn't the factor. Everyone was really impressed by his retention of all the offense. And then, on Saturday night, I was at the watching UFC fight and just hit hit about how the helmet he was thought, thought would, would, the ones he was testing and things in the league all got rejected. So he had a really nasty you know, tweet. He was all pissed off. And he vanished. He, took, he just took off on Sunday. And the team, that's when Mayak came out of practice and he wasn't there. And Mayak was like, you know, I got to say something. I can't just, the guy was just here yesterday. And he was hunky-dory. <laughs> and now he's, now he's, he's AWOL. So obviously he was pissed. And I think, um, and, and, and A.B. came back the next day and they kind of passed things up. But it was more just a surprise. I just think that they, they find they clear a hurdle. They had turned a corner. And then all of a sudden he was gone again because of the, the latest helmet decision. But um, so, uh, you know, whatever. I think, again, they've all felt all along that in the end, he'd be one week one and all this other stuff would go away. So they were just surprised at that moment. But it was still an issue. Okay. One more thing about Hard Knocks. I know Mike mentioned it in the beginning. We're coming back to it towards the end. I just want to know your experience covering the Raiders with HBO being there. Is it a different vibe, or is it just like every Sunday when there's cameras flashing and people are doing interviews? Is anything different? Yeah, it's different. I mean, it's not a huge um, deal as far as being a you know, pain, but they're only doing my schedule. Like, everywhere you look, there's a boom mic thing over your head, so, like, all the little side talks and private conversations are pretty much out the window. Some players thought the whole field was bugged. The whole practice field was bugged. <laughs> and, and if I 
impossible to, to think of. So I just think that everyone's a little more leery. And then the other side of the coin is you have, I don't know, like it's, it's a reality show, so it's not really real. So a lot of things you see, there's a lot of acting going on. There's storylines being worked on with players and producers on HBO. And so like, it's not really like the, this is how it is kind of show that people think it is. It's kind of a, you know, it's a prediction. So I think that's also part of it. And you kind of have to roll your eyes at times with some of the things you see. But again, as far as doing my job, it's, it's been okay. I mean, it's, the cameras are not that big a deal and they're kind of on their own little schedule. So the only thing I really had an issue with was the boom mics because I thought it was annoying to not be able to talk to somebody and worry about if it was going to be on national television. Got it. And then how do you think the players are reacting to it? Is it, it looks normal to them or can you sense that some players are trying to take advantage of this moment being in the spotlight, whether they're rookies or they're veterans on the team? Well, there's no doubt you got A.B. take advantage of it. You got A.B. First of all, his own personal movie crew. I mean, they're working together, obviously. I mean, there's things that they, he gave them before, you know, the first show. They didn't air until the second week. There's, they've been working together the whole time. And now he's got, you know, a new endorsement deal with a new helmet. So I hope they get a cut. But So for him, it definitely has been organized with, with them, I think. But otherwise, I think the players, they all get their moment of the shine. Like, uh, like they pick, like, five players a day to get mic'd up during practice. And the guys enjoy that. The guys, everybody wants a little bit of shine. So... Well, it's that. You get your own personal story on there. So people like, everyone wants to be on TV. I mean, like, I'll tell you what, like early on in camp, um, there's a judge machine over by the, by the locker room when they walk up the field. Like, you know, it's, it's an old, like, you know, former junior high school locker room that they've updated. But it's just kind of it's in the middle of nowhere. And so one day over there, I looked over and there's a guy, I won't say who it is, but there's a receiver on a judge machine. And his wife and, like, one-year-old kid are next to the judge machine watching their dad with the, I'm like, Come on now, what, what, what are we doing here? I mean, so obviously, they want to get the little kid on TV, but that kind of stuff. So everyone's more aware the cameras are and they want to be on TV, and that's life. That's fine. I, I, I got to throw you, not a curveball, but I can't. we couldn't have gone the whole show without talking about a guy who is a... Uh, What's the word I want to use, Chris? Polarizing up here? Controversial? I don't know what you use, man. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, there's a good word for it. I have to figure it out. The offensive line coach in Oakland, you know, used to work up here. You know, how how are things going with the O-line under good old Tom Cable's guidance down there? I tell you what, man. The fans here hate Tom Cable. I can't mention them on the tweet or the story and the comments just go so Everyone's got those stats handy. Also, like, you know, the last 10 years, the average sacks against and like, 23rd the league, the only other stats were with Trent Brown. They brought in Trent Brown, so, which Incognito's talent this year. They're all like, if it's not, then it probably is on time. But I think Gruden loves him out last year. I was just going to mulligan for the whole staff, and everyone wanted, you know, Tom fired last year, but Gruden said they did a great job last year, and they brought those two rookie tackles in. And one may pan out, one probably won't. But yeah, I, I get why people question Tom's uh, resume, but um, Gruden likes him, so that, that's where we are. Yeah, I mean, the resume, I mean, oh, oh boy, as you know, up here, it was not great. And then, you know, Seahawks fans, you you remember the London game. Obviously, every defensive lineman ever from the Seahawks just just beat up on, on Derek Carr last year. So it's uh, – I can see why people wanted to call for his head. It's interesting. If, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you have faith in the O-line under Tom this year, then uh, that, that, that says a lot, man. But I remember seeing that. What's the kid's name, the UCLA kid? Colton Miller? 
Oh, yeah. oh man, like he had a he had a rough go. Him and Frank Clark did not look like best buds. Uh, <laughs> no, and I also had Colton had Ben D last year, so I kind of gave him a little bit of a break. But you're right. I mean, they're keeping Colton on left tackle this year, so if that doesn't work out, we're gonna find out right away. It goes against uh, you know uh, Bradley Chubb and Frank Clark the first two weeks, so. We'll see if he has gotten bigger and better. If not, then obviously they're, they're in trouble. But I, I think he'll be solid. I, I don't think he'll be great, but I think he'll be solid. And, again, I, I really have been impressed. I can't state enough how good Trent Brown's been. I, I thought I knew he was good. But when I hear them, the, you hear the money, you're like, we can't be that good. And you watch him every day in practice, you're like, holy smokes, that guy's incredible. I mean, he's really he's a dominant, you know, big, smooth just a technician as far as Kind of just, just, just dismissing passions. Just kind of like, you know what, you're, you're kind of bugging me to go over there somewhere. Okay, I'm going to put you on the side. You know, you leave me alone for a while. So, just an impressive guy. Can you help me out with this? Mike is a believer that the Oakland Raiders won't win more than four games. I believe, personally, a good 5-11 and 11 is where – that's where I'm at. Can you tell me I'm right and that they're going to win more than four games? Mike is under that impression that they won't. Uh, the Vegas over-under is six. Mm. And so uh, – Somebody asked me this the other day, so I know this. So I have, I have over six. There we go. I, have, I think seven. I think I'm, think I'm falling on seven. I think again, the offense should be good. I mean, the defense it was awful last year, so the defense can just improve to like not awful. They should be able to steal some games they lost last year, but I do think the offense is going to be pretty lights out with the AB. And I think I keep mentioning Williams had a great camp and a great offseason. He's gotten better, so I just think they're. Yeah, their passing game should be good. I think that's well, – if you get that in the NFL, you're halfway there. Thank you. All that means is Mike's going to be buying me dinner. That's all I needed. Appreciate oh, you. Oh, my goodness. That is – we're getting out of here. We're getting out of here. <laughs> not, not. I'm out here losing losing dinners. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Vic, man, we, we appreciate you joining us, man. And make sure you guys check out his stuff on The Athletic. You know, I mean, he should be subscribing to The Athletic anyway, man. We running things uh, out here. Vic does a great job covering the Raiders, covering all the craziness that's going on down there. So, once again, uh, Vic, we really appreciate you hopping on with us, man. No problem. I guess that's my ride outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's, all, it's all good, man. You have a good one. You know, Chris, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't really care what Vic says. The Raiders aren't winning six games. That's just that's just me. Time I just thought it was hilarious that he was being hunked at live on the, on oh, that's the pod. True. <laughs> that's true. It's not like he was catching a cab I, in, at like, first, New York. At first, I thought he was driving, to be honest. Oh. I thought he was driving the car on Bluetooth, which is why I thought the connection was going in and out. He was actually just at home, and... We don't know where he was, but it was fair. You know what? Great point. That's fair. It sounded as if he was in a home environment, and he was waiting on his ride, but he could have been anywhere. He could have been at the office. We don't know, but we want to thank Vic for coming on and giving a little insight about the Oakland Raiders. They're not winning seven games. Well, I said they're winning over four, and we can bet that next week when the season kicks off, and then when they win four games in seven weeks, I'm just going to be expecting a nice dinner no, if they win four games in seven weeks, they can still lose all of the rest of their games. I don't foresee that happening. Of course not, because we want to win. I foresee that. That, that could definitely happen. It's, it's the not going to It's John Gruden. Well, you just let me know. Next week, we make that bet, and then I'm going to get free dinner on Mike Dugar. You know what, guys? You should tell Mike where he should take me. You should hit him up on Twitter. We're going to Popeye's to get chicken sandwiches. No, 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 no. We're going to dine in. I'm, I'm t- I want you can fi- dine in at Popeye's. I want a 15-minute wait for my food to be made. Have you seen Popeye's? <laughs> it's no, a 30-minute wait. I have not, for, no. Bro, you didn't see the lines at the Popeye's around nah, the corner? Nah, I mean... Well, Popeye's is out of chicken sandwiches. They, they have put out a statement. You didn't see that? No. They put out a statement that says, we're out of chicken sandwiches. Stop da- asking. Download our app so you can know when we get chicken sandwiches again. That's ridiculous. I'm not even making that up.
I'm not that creative. Statewide? No, I think that's national, bro. National? I'm pretty sure. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, man. People love chicken. It ain't just black people. It must be a really good sandwich out there. I have not had the sandwich. That makes two of us. I have have not. I'm not probably not going uh, to have one. Unless you win and then we're going to Popeye's. We're not going to Popeye's. I don't know why not. I don't want a chicken sandwich. Everyone wants a chicken sandwich. I want a steak that melts in my mouth. I don't, oh boy, Derek Carr ain't getting you no steak. That's just, <laughs> and neither is Mr. Big Chest. Uh, that's just, he couldn't even get the Steelers in the playoffs last year. Oh, that's right, he didn't play. Man, what a mess. What a mess over there. Uh, but, you know, something, watch this transition, ready? You ready for this, Chris? Something the Steelers did, uh, or the Raiders did last offseason, or this offseason was trade for a big name player to make their team better right away. Something people want the Seahawks to do right now is trade for a big-name player to make their team better right away. See, that was smooth. I worked that in there pretty well. Uh, I want to get this out there before it happens because maybe it will. I think we've talked about this before, Chris. When there's smoke in in the NFL, it it means something's like going to happen or somebody wants us to think it's going to happen. And I mean that with like the Jadavian Clowney trade. I think we've been asked that, what, like three? I feel like every time we ask for listener questions, we get a Jadavian Clowney question. That's and I, fair. And I think every time I've said they should not do it because it'd be a rental. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I'm not even sure they should do it still. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure I'm in that camp. However, the way the rumors are going, what's the, what was the latest we just saw? He's, re- he's, interested, he's interested in yeah. the Seahawks and the Eagles. Yep. Uh, and the Dolphins really want him. They've already met with him. But he's not really sold on going to Miami uh, because they stink. Yeah, he probably wants to go to a team that's going to win. And the you Eagles know? and Seahawks are Definitely far better than the Dolphins at this uh, point. Uh, yes, I talked to a veteran player just today after practice. That he was like, when he was a free agent before he signed with the Seahawks, he said, "Look, I told my agent, I want to go to a team that's good. That's what a lot of guys want to do. You know, they want to go to a team. Who's the? Uh, excuse me, the defensive tackle that just got uh, he got released and signed with Carolina. Was that Gerald McCoy or was that Geno At- Atkins? Oh, I can't remember. I think it's Gerald McCoy." And I think Bruce Irvin was the same way. He wanted to go to a team that was a winner. Yeah. I think McCoy wanted to go to a team that was a winner, you know, and uh, that's what te- guys want. So, Jadavian's interested, reportedly. The Texans are going to ship or ship him out, reportedly. You know, the Seahawks are one of those teams that's being floated around. So, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a raise this question to you, Chris. I'm going to give you three scenarios here where the Seahawks trade for Jadavian Clowney. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. I'm going to steal one from the homie Sam Gold at The Athletic. He's oh, that's funny. I had it pulled up ready to go. You can use oh, it. Oh, you do? Reference. Oh, look at that. Chris is he's having me his phone it. right now and has it already up there. So he says, this is from Sam, a 2020 second rounder. Remember, the Seahawks have an extra one of those from the Frank Clark trade. Uh, and a 2021 second rounder. So it's kind of similar to what they did with uh, Dwayne Brown. Remember, they traded multiple picks in multiple drafts. They traded, I forget the years, but they traded multiple picks uh, to get Dwayne. And they threw in. Jeremy Lynn, or ooh, excuse me, Jeremy Lane, Lynn Lane. That that, that sounds familiar. They look very, they you look don't very different. How bad I wanted to break out laughing. No, but I saw your face and oh. all right, continue. Yeah, so that's Sam's proposal, right? So that's that's scenario A. Okay, twenty twenty second rounder. They have an extra one of those, and a twenty twenty one second rounder. Scenario B. Jermaine Effetti, and a twenty twenty second rounder. Scenario C. Rashad Penny. And a 2020 second rounder. Because remember, the Texans need a uh, running back because now they just Lamar lost Miller. Lamar Miller, yeah. torn ACL. They also need tackle help because their O-line is garbage. And Deshaun Watson runs for his life. 
Uh, I guess the fourth scenario, the one that I thought would maybe be likely, is a 2020 second rounder, uh, a 2021 day three pick, and then Jamarco Jones. You okay. Because the, the Texans probably need a player at this point. They got too many roster holes to just get picks. You need a player. So of those four, you know, those the Penny and Fetty scenarios aren't from me. Those are just from the internet that I just got asking people. So of those four, rank which one you think would be best for the Seahawks to do? I think D would be number one, the one you, your last one you re- you referenced, and I actually like C. That's Penny. Yes, giving up Penny giving in the twenty twenty second. Yes, I feel Clowning. that would definitely that would help out the Texans for sure, as you just mentioned. Lamar Miller is would it though? Well, they need a running back. Well, if they have but a battle line, who cares if you put Penny back there? We've well, seen what Penny looks like behind they, a battle. They can line. figure that out. That's that's <laughs> for them. That's their that's their job. The Seahawks. That is their job. Yeah. The Seahawks have pretty much proven a point that if he's behind a good starting unit, he gets positive yards. He's not losing yards. He might not fall forward every time, but he's going to get the yards. I mean, okay. We, you you put in your story. He had four yards, five yards, six yards, two yards. One play where he had minus two, but then he came back and got four, caught a few passes. That's positive. It wasn't as bad as preseason game two where he was negative, 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 just bad. Yeah, real bad. Yeah, yeah. The Texans need a spark, and he might be that spark. And then you give him another – you give him a 2021 pick? No, 2020 second round. 2020 That second. extra one from the Frank Clark trade. There you go. I think it's D or C. I would put D number one, C number two, and then the other two. Like, you're not – you don't trade – Jermaine why, why don't you trade Jermaine Fetty? I'm against it, but I want to hear well, it from you. Isn't Fant hurt? George Fant is in fact hurt. Okay, who's next? Uh, that's a great question. There you go. They don't have any tackles. <laughs> I mean, tackles are just hard to find. And there, and you know? that's the reason why you don't just trade Jermaine for a defensive player. That means you give up protecting Russ to go get a quarterback. Or, what does that mean for Russ? Or go get a pass rusher. Yes. Uh, that means that Russ will continue to run for his life. And that's uh, not what. Pete Carroll and Shoddy want. They want him to run their offense without him using his legs as much. If he has to, cool. But we don't want to rely on Russ as the Seahawks did when Marshawn Lynch was gone. When we had when the Seahawks had Thomas Rawls and Eddie Lacy and they don't want a repeat of that. That uh, wasn't fun. No, that was bad. That was actually very, I mean, yes, very bad. Russ put up great numbers. My goodness. The team was not good. But the team was not good. I think they want to see Russ with five hundred yards rushing if need be, and he throws for 2,000 and throws for 30 touchdowns. Those are the numbers that they want to see. And when you give up Jermaine Arfetti, that takes a hit. Yeah, cause be just because you don't – it's not even that Jermaine's like all-world no, right tackle. Not, they just don't have anything else there. That's why I asked you that question because I knew – well, we both know that. Right. I think everyone else knows that too. That's the other I thing. I don't know. When they say things like that, they well, might not know. Here's what I think they is, is say, going oh, on. put someone else on this side, but do you realize what that does to that side? Yeah. There's ripples effects, and I think a big thing that's going on is George Fant's ability is being overestimated because he's been good at a, as a swing tackle. Put it uh, this way. He's a tight end, all right? No, he's a he's a swing tackle. That is very different than being a starting left or right tackle. We've seen George play left. It didn't go well. Yeah. We've seen George play right. Honestly, we have. I think he did against the Cardinals, at least the Cardinals. Maybe he did against the Chiefs, too. I can't remember. But I know it was against the Cardinals. And that game was a mess, <laughs> if you remember. Yeah. the old, uh, Jermaine slid to the right guard, and it wasn't good. You know, it just, it just was not. So I think his ability is being overestimated. Uh, when people like say, "Oh, let's just get rid of our starting right tackle," no man, that's bad. Uh, and then I think Jamarco's his potential is being overestimated as well. You know that's why I think it'd be worth it for the Seahawks to throw him in a trade because he is potential. You know, and the Texans need people. 
Yeah. You know, and they're so gonna the lose. Trades are four. <laughs> they're gonna lose Clowney no matter what. Like he yeah. he admitted clear he doesn't want to play for them. Can you imagine if the Eagles get him? That's unfair, man. That, I mean, Fletcher Cox already. Now you add him, and then uh, yeah. I mean, the Eagles are just a well coached team too. That too. You know, well they also they gave away Michael Bennett. That was weird. I don't know why they gave up uh, Michael Bennett, but they have other good pass rushers. What was that first scenario? Just picks. I actually like that scenario too to give up some picks, but I feel like the Texans. Not they need it. players. Yeah. We're not here, protect we're not here for Watson. guys who don't know who, who who's coming in. <laughs> well, also the Texans don't have a GM. You know what? As I said, hit him in the DMs. Hey, man, we got this trade right here. What y'all think? Who you going to hit? They don't have a GM. Someone, I, th- I think their coach is the GM. Someone's running the Twitter account. You just send him a little DM. Oh, that's just some social media manager making minimum wage or something like that. There probably. you go. I and wanna... he's going to spread. The, hey, coach, coach, can I talk to you? I got this DM from the Coach Seahawks. probably doesn't even know that kid's name. Man or woman, I probably probably has no idea. Also, Jadavian doesn't have an agent anymore. He just fired his agent. So you got a guy with no agent and a team with no GM. He what might a be, mess. He might be hitting up Bobby for advice at this point. Um, I know it's a little different because it's a trade, but I'm sure Bobby can definitely give him some advice on here's how you might want to play it. He could. He, he could. could. If, he, if, if he knows him. I don't know if he knows him, but, yeah, that, look how messy that situation is. It's messy, team, man. Team with no, no GM, player who won't show up to work and doesn't have an agent. That is a mess. A but mess. I wanted to explore that possibility because that is a big thing right now. And it's, you know, Chris is going to be out of town this weekend. I'm like 80% sure if it's going to happen, <laughs> it's going to happen while Chris is gone this weekend. <laughs> Perfect. It's it's going to happen. That's and what I'm the not, Seahawks and do. Mike, Mike did say don't bring your equipment, Chris. You're on vacation. Yeah, no, don't, don't worry. We'll handle it when we get back. By the time you get back, <laughs> it'll be Jadavion Clowney might be a Texan. Or excuse me, he might be a Seahawk. <laughs> well, there you, you heard it here first. Well, somebody else has actually probably said it. No, we are saying it first. I'm claiming that. Okay, fine. You know, Heard it here uh, first. Stretch your stuff then, brother. Seahawks. My land, Jadavian Clowney, while I'm on vacation, which would kind of suck because people probably think, oh, drop the podcast. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> we'll handle it when you get back. We'll handle it when I get back. But other than that, Mike, anything else you want to add, man, before we get out of here? Uh, we're going to Popeye's. That's, uh... No, make sure you guys tag Mike. And you tag, you know what? Hit up Mike and tag restaurants where you think he should take me after the Raiders win more than four games. I like that idea. And then we will vote on the best one. We'll get the top four and we'll do a Twitter vote. And you guys will basically decide where I get to eat. And do not put Popeyes in there. Don't don't fall for this shenanigans. No Popeyes. I'm talking restaurants. Throw them out there. 13 coins. You name it. I want some nice restaurants because Mike's going to lose his bet. We're going to Popeyes. <laughs> We're out.